the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things seen and unseen, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all ages, God of God, light of light, true God of true God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who, for our salvation, came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit, the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory, to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy, universal, and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please pray with me. Jesus, we love you this morning, and we thank you for this time to worship you. Pray that you put our hearts in a place to be receptive to your word as you speak it through Brian Runner this morning. Jesus, we just commit this day to you and pray that in everything we do today would be worshipful, that we'd be mindful of you and the Holy Spirit. Jesus, we love you and we pray these things in your precious name. Amen. on still? There we go. All right, just quickly before uh, Brian comes up to speak this morning, I just want to um, update you on a couple things. One of um, my top priorities um, since I've become full-time here at the church is to bring some clarity and organization structure to our church finances. And so um, I've been working on that and uh, along with Lockwood Holmes and Laura Mulder and Steve McKenzie uh, and, and Tony Mark as well. So um, we are making progress, and one of the reasons why we need to update our database is so that we can communicate with you uh, not just church events, but also church finances and uh, other important things. So it is a priority for me to um, bring more organization to our church finances, but then also communicate that with everyone. So we have some uh, idea where we are financially as a church. Um, so that's it as far as that. Um, this morning, I'm excited to have Brian Renner speak to you. He's one of uh, the elders in our church and um, a friend for many, many years, along with his wife, Karen. And so um, I just invite you to follow along this morning as Brian teaches. Um, uh, and so let me pray, and then we'll do that. Father, we do love you, and I thank you so much um, for what you're doing here. We thank you that you love us and uh, you give us your grace every day. I, I pray for Brian who speaks, that you would fill him with your Holy Spirit to to speak um, with clarity, to speak about uh, the good news of the, of, uh, the grace of gives every day, but also with courage and boldness. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. I got a little water in my ear that won't come out. It's been going on for a few days. The little girl that I, I teach sixth grade the other day, she was like, are you okay? <laughs> you can see the strange behavior now. <laughs> so I do some weird, weirder than usual stuff. You ask what's going on. Um, it's annoying. Um, so 
I'm a bit of a fun, fundamentalist in that when I watch baseball, it drives me nuts when a player cannot put a bunt down. One of the basic fundamentals in baseball. Um, or see a pitcher run over and cover first base on a, on a ball hit to the, to the first baseman. And so this has been like something in my life of coming back to fundamentals and how significant that is to come down, do whatever, whether it be a sports free throws, um, where we kind of on a regular basis, in the case of baseball, every spring spend hours doing this, or if a basketball player just, you know, whatever, doing the free throws. But uh, maybe in our own, whether it's, um, in this case, our, our spiritual walk is coming back to like the foundation of like who we are, and what we believe in, and uh, and the basis behind that, and understanding that it's not just uh, you know a bunch of people got together and created some good ideas and said yeah let's let's do church and we'll base on this. So uh, if, if if you grew up in the church, um, particularly the liturgical church, so maybe a Catholic church or the Episcopal church, you may have recognized the Nicene Creed this morning. Um, I grew up in a Catholic church, and I will put any blame on myself for years um, not paying attention to because every Sunday I would say the Nicene, we call it the Apostles' Creed, a version of the Nicene Creed, which, we, which I'm going to go over this, this morning. Uh, we actually sang it this morning as well, that's caught anybody's attention. Uh, unplanned, at least by us. Um, and we were outside sitting in a wait. I recognize when, when the worship team was practicing, I recognize those words. But for years, said that said this. Uh, it's not so much a prayer, but a creed, a statement of faith. And uh, never really paid attention just until a few years ago. I still go to mass every now and then. Um, my mom's birthday, and Easter sometimes with her. She goes to, uh, she, she goes to mass every Sunday, and almost every actually weekday. Uh, so occasionally we we go with her. And I've learned to pay more attention to what's going on. You know, I grew up doing that, did that for eighteen years. Um, and uh, the more I pay attention, the more I realize I kind of missed out on some really basic fundamentals of the faith, and this creed was one of them. Um, so kind of, kind of like, this is a little bit inspired by my friend Justin, who's an eighth grade history teacher over at Oaks Christian, and there are just so many things in life, I think, that we do by rote memory. One of those, living here in America, would be the Pledge of Allegiance. And... What he has done over the last few years, he takes the time to gather different grade levels. <coughs> Ignore this. <laughs> um, uh, to gather the different grade levels and break the Pledge of Allegiance down into what it is, what we're actually saying when we say that. Because I can almost guarantee all of us can stand up, I hold the little American flag up, to, and without saying anything else, just say, Ready begin. We would all know what to say, right? <laughs> and we would just ride, let's leave this to the fight. We would do that. And uh, what, what he's done over the years is taking some time to break that down for the kids. To say, hey, do you know what you're even saying? Do you realize? You know, and why? And so on. And so, in the same way, what I want to do this morning is take the Nicene Creed, because it breaks down the basis, the basics of our faith. That's really who we are and what we're about. It's the backbone, really, of, of uh, our church. The Council of Nicaea, and I'm not a historian, so if any of you are historical theologians, and I know we've got one friend in the crowd that is, uh, you forgive me for mispronunciations and so on, because I am not. I'm, I'm a curious spectator, just interested in this kind of stuff, more and more as my ears go on. Um, but this council, this group got together 
um, in 325 AD, and it was in response to uh, a, a teacher named Arius, and uh, he, was, he was teaching more that Christianity was a polytheistic faith, that there was Jesus, a God, the Son of God, a born, born a created being, okay, and God the Father, and then the Holy Spirit, and that it was polytheistic, and that Jesus ought not to be worshipped as the Father was. And so the Council of Nicaea got together, and they uh, put this creed together to uh, kind of finalize what the Christian faith, what the basics were, uh, of, of a trinity. And uh, boy, I'm going to really avoid teaching the trinity because it's over my head, but I will, will give us the scriptures that support that. And if anybody wants to study deeper and further, go for it. I try. It's very interesting. If nothing else, it's a, it's a great uh, exercise in just understanding why we believe what we believe. Um, this creed is pretty much accepted by the, the Christian church as a whole, meaning the Roman Catholic Church, Eastern Orthodox Church, and Protestants, which would be us. Okay? Meaning we're not Catholic, nor are we Eastern Orthodox. There's the everything else. We're Protestants. Uh, we're coming really far reaching the Protestant Reformation. But this creed is accepted by these, by these, uh, by these, uh, the major faiths within the, within the Christian faith. So, um, let's start with this. Uh, I'm going to read it. I know we read it before. Um, but here's what I invite you guys to do. Just like I described with the Pledge of Allegiance, pay attention to the words. And then what I'm going to do is, actually, I'm basically going to read something and make a few comments along the way. But I did a lot of looking up of uh, just the scriptural basis behind some of these statements on here. And at least in my mind, a couple of them need to clarify, so I'm going to do that. Um, so I'm not sure if I would call this preaching. I'm just teaching. I'm, um, and if you gain some inspiration from it, maybe it's the sense that what we believe and what we trust in is founded in Scripture. They're not random thoughts. So that's kind of my goal this morning. It's just, I guess, maybe more to educate or re-educate, remind us of who we are and what we're doing and what we're all about. So if you would read this, uh, not necessarily out loud, but I'll read it, but pay attention as we are going through this. Because I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and of all things seen and unseen, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all ages, God of God, light of light, true God, true God, begotten, not made being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, he was buried, and on the third day he rose again in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and he sits at the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again in glory, to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom still shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy, this is funny, this is funny it says universal, because um, it's so inbred in me over the decades. Uh, here's how I read it if I was at Mass. I, I believe in one holy, in one holy, Catholic and Apostolic Church, 
But I just want you to realize that if you if those words sound familiar to you, it's a lowercase c, even in even in the Catholic Church. And that cap the term Catholic means universal. So it's not referencing excuse me, the, the Roman Catholic Church. Anyway. And I believe in one holy and universal and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. So what I'd like to do is break this down. Um, and if this, like I said, if, it, if, if it's something that's really curious to you, um, I just started doing a bunch of Googling, a couple of emails to a, a father-in-law, someone that I teach with that's a, a Church of Christ preacher, and just exploring what some of these different words mean. There's only a couple of them that kind of threw me off, so I'm going to share those with you. So if, if you want to try to keep track, there's going to be a lot of scripture references. There might be more than... You know, jot them down, I'll tell you what, in fact, what I'll do is this, as I read these scripture references, I'll say what that is first, then I'll read it, so if you want to try to keep up and, and write any of these down, down in the form of all of my ears one more time. <laughs> so, first statement, I believe in one God. Exodus 20, verses 2 and 3 say this, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee, uh, I am the Lord of thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I believe in one God. Another one from, I believe in one God. Mark 12, 29-31. And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, all thy strength. This is the first commandment. So, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty. Ephesians 4, 6 says, One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and is in you all. The Father Almighty continues, And God said to them, excuse me, Genesis 35, 11, And God said unto him, I am God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. From Isaiah, sorry, from Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Colossians 1.16 says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. So we as a church believe that God created the heavens and the earth. Now I know that you know, I'm a science teacher and I teach at a Christian school, so we deal with this quite a bit. But, and, and there's all kinds of, I was talking a lot with the other days, reading several books on creation, and all kinds of thoughts and ideas out there. But we as a church, we believe, we're, we're trusting in the, in the word of God, that God created the heavens and the earth. So maker of heaven and earth. And of all things seen and unseen, Colossians 1.16 says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Okay. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all ages. I had to put the most time into this because of one word. What does begotten mean? Mm. And so I looked that up, and in the English, uh, <laughs> English language, I just typed in like a 
nuclear dictionary thing you get. This is basically you have offspring. Well, great. That's, that's what that's what the the, the um, Council of Nicaea was trying to uh, get rid of this thought that that Jesus was an offspring or created king of God. Um, uh, so I had to do some I had to do some searching, and here's what I found: is there are two terms um, that written in the Latin, excuse me, okay, well, I'll probably mispronounce these, Martin King, a linguist, uh, homoousis and monogenus. The monogenus, from the little Latin I do know from being a science teacher speak, makes sense. Mono, one, gene or genealogy, and what it really comes down to is the same essence, one essence. So, sorry, I'm not going to say sorry, I'm going to do that when I have to. Um, so with this term begotten and the one Lord Jesus Christ the only begotten the only one of one essence son of God begotten of the father before all ages and the source of that word is it comes from John 3.16 um, which if you've only seen that in the cameras the football and baseball games says this for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So he, he, he gave a part of his own essence, a being known as the son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And Jesus says this of himself, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, saith the Lord. Oh, maybe you can scripture for that. Uh, that comes from Revelation 1.8, which is which was and which is to come, the Almighty. So Jesus is making himself, in that claim, equal to God the Father. They are of the same essence. Okay, And that, that has to be clear to understand this, this general concept of the Trinity. The Father, there's no scripture I'll come up in a second, the Father and I are one, Jesus states. They are one being, they are of the same essence. Okay. Um, so, and I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all ages. God of God, light of light, true God of true God, begotten, not made. John 1.1 1, 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, capital W, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So John 1.1, 1, 1, I'll read more of it in a second, uh, goes on to say, then the word became flesh, equating Jesus once again. Uh, he's always been and always will be. And Thomas answered and said unto him, Jesus, my Lord and my God, claiming Jesus as God. And we know that the Son of God, 1 John 5 20, and we know that the Son of God has come. And he has given us understanding that we may know him, that is true. And we are in him, that is true, even in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life, in 1 John 5 point. So, I should have stopped the video, in this next one. Being of one substance with the Father, here's John 10 30. I and the Father are one. Let me take a little time out, and this is just feel like a, <laughs> more of a lecture than a than a lesson, but follow along with me. Once again, I'm just going to reread where we are uh, from the creed and then stop and continue. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, 
of all things that are seen and unseen, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all ages, God of God, light of light, true God of true God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father. That's what we believe by Jesus. By him, all things were made. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that has been made. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, and the glory is the one, the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Again, speaking of Jesus, and for by who is the image of the invisible God, firstborn of every creature, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. The preeminence of Jesus is just being pronounced here just uh, over and over again. And I guess, actually, let me tell you a little bit of my heart here. I just want to make sure that all of us get that. I know we love coming together as a community. And, you know, it's really my heart that we, we, we all kind of have that same basic foundation for what our faith is really about. And, yes, in fact, part of this, when we talk about community, but amongst believers, it's part of this creed. Um, community is a byproduct of our faith and understanding in who Jesus is. And that, that's really what I want to keep coming back to in this whole lesson here. Okay, so continuing on. Who for us and all of our salvation came down from heaven, 1 Thessalonians 5 9 says, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name, no other name under heaven given among men, given among men, whereby we must be saved. So who for our salvation came down from heaven? That's Jesus' main objective here. And was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. There's a classic. With Christmas not so far off, we're going to sing songs of the Virgin Mary and Silent Night. How many times have we said those words and just never even thought of it, thought of what we're saying? So uh, maybe as that season approaches, not that we want to jump ahead, but, um, you know, like Target probably is, if they're missing out. But, um, but I guess that's what I'm saying is we, 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 we have that tendency to say and do things. We don't even think about it. And here's our scripture behind us that, that Jesus was made incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary. And we believe that. We believe that. That's scripture. Here's a couple of scripture, scripture references. Matthew 1, 18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was this way. When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found the child of the Holy Ghost. Luke 1, 27 says, To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon me, and the power of the highest 
shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So we believe in a virgin birth. And was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate. Matthew 27. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then they released he, Barabbas, unto them. And when he, was, when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. He suffered and was buried. And on the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. Matthew 16 says, From that time forth, Jesus... From that time forth, began Jesus to show, to show his disciples how that he must go up to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes, chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised again on the third day. Luke 24 says, And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to earth, they said unto them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, he's risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was in Galilee? saying that the Son of Man must be delivered to the hands of sinful men to be crucified, and on the third day rise again, we believe in the resurrection. And he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. Mark 16. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. Acts 1, 10, 11 says, And while they stood, while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which said to them, Ye men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which was taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in a like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. So Luke 132. Okay? So let's do a time we're about to change gears a little bit. And go back to the three to where we are. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and of all things seen and unseen, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all ages. God of God, light of light, true God of true God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man. He was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered, he was buried, and on the third day he rose again in accordance to the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. So now we move on. We've got the Father, we've got the Son, we've got the Holy Spirit now. <coughs> and I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. John 14 says, Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells within you and shall be in you. 2 Corinthians 3 says, Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And this is not so much a straightforward uh, scripture here, but it's an interesting story in the way that um, Peter describes the Holy Spirit. He 
the story of Ananias and Sapphira. who would sell some property, and they lied to the church about it. They give a portion, which is fine, but they lied. And uh, it, it, here's a little paragraph on that. It's Acts 5, 3 and 4. It says this, Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received from the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What do you think? What what made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. So in the same phrase, if you lied to the Holy Spirit, you lied to God, equating the Holy Spirit with God. And then in Titus 3 it says, Not by works of righteousness which you have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. Who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. John 15 says, But when the Comforter, with the capital C referring to the Spirit, for when the Comforter has come, I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify to you. Jesus speaking. And then Peter 1 says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. But he spoke through, through man, through prophets. And I believe in one holy, universal, like I referred to Zach before, if anybody used to that, the Catholic and Apostolic Church, lowercase c for Catholic, means universal. I believe in one universal and apostolic church. John 17 says this. This is Jesus praying. Neither pray I for these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they'll that they shall become one. That the church, those of us that believe in Jesus Christ, will become one. And I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. So the baptism thing. That again, I do a little. Make some comments. Think about that. Um, there's a couple. There's a couple of references here. Um, I'm just going to kind of read and comment on this. Is uh, it, it's pretty clear in Scripture that we are saved by grace, saved by faith in Jesus Christ. And the part that baptism plays in that, when you think of water baptism, because most of the scholars and the people that I kind of read from able to understand, the baptism is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And water baptism, which we encourage everyone to do, so you have put express your faith in Jesus, as an outward sign of that, um, of, that of that faith that you put in Christ. Uh, Peter Peter does say he said uh, that that um, that water baptism. I lost my place, but water baptism in in of itself, just the outward sign, um, really does nothing more than literally clean the outward filthiness of it, but not the not the, the filthiness of our heart. It's our faith in Jesus Christ that cleans the heart. And what's more important than the washing of the flesh is the washing of the heart. And so the baptism that we're referring to, it's interesting, if you get on some of these uh, websites where people converse about this, it's all kinds of argument. Um, but the baptism that appears to be referencing here is the baptism of your heart through your faith in Jesus Christ. And again, we do encourage you to be baptized. It's a great opportunity to speak out. And, you know, we go down to the beach across the street when we do it here. And just show your friends and family, hey, this is what I believe in. I'm trusting in Jesus for my life. 
Uh, it goes on to say that I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. The last few little verses here says, For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. And then just to finish up with for John 3.16 once again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we're going to read this together in a few minutes, if, if you feel like it's something you believe in. I would say if, you, if, if you're not sure, if, if this is maybe you're making those choices in your life right now, if you don't need to read along. But this is a statement, I think, for each one of us, uh, of our own personal faith. A little bit like, might be a weird change of gears, I'm bring back to that idea of the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, in my classroom, I will have several kids. We got one who just moved here from Switzerland last year, a little girl from Australia. You're not an American citizen. I said, no, you are more than welcome to just stay in your seat. If you want to stand up with the rest of us, great. But you, you don't need to be putting your hand over your heart because you're, you're not an American citizen, and that's okay. And so in the same way, that that, that would be, I guess in a non-spiritual way, uh, a statement of you know, what I believe about this country. In a spiritual way, this is this is a creed that expresses our faith, and uh, so it's like for me, it was something that dawned upon me not so long ago. Even though I had read it, I don't know thousands, but probably hundreds of times. And uh, you know, it may not be a, a great inspiration, but uh, again, back to that idea of being a, such a fundamental, it's so important to gird ourselves with the fundamentals of who we are why we do things, and what we believe. And that was my whole objective this morning. So, the version that we have on the, on the bulletin, um, I'm going to invite you to read this along, and then I will close the prayer. This is something to be interesting. So. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and of all things seen and unseen, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten by the Father before all ages, God of God, light of light, true God, true God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who, for our salvation, came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried on the third, in the third day, in accordance with his and he ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son, together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy, universal, and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. So God, I pray that these would be 
words that are true of us, God, that we put our hope and our faith in you, Lord Jesus, that we uh, just pursue a closer walk with you, uh, as well as a greater understanding of who you are and what you call us into. Grow us together as a body, unified, and you're willing to believe in. Deep in our community, we pray. Continue to speak to us, Lord, through the worship. We get up this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.